of our Lord. And in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, dear friends in Christ, this is a weekend, an Independence Day celebration weekend where we really get to highlight our nation's strengths, its freedoms, the liberties, the ability to pursue happiness, the American dream. We can list and, and recall and thank the Lord for all the different things about this nation that we really, truly love and that we know make it special. And you've got your list, and, and I've got my list, and, and it's a long list of blessings that make this such a great country. What we don't do on the 4th of July weekend is contemplate our nation's weaknesses. And we do have weaknesses. This, there's a time and, and there's a place to address those, but, but it's not usually this weekend. Not with the, the barbecues and the fireworks and the parades. This is not a time to focus on what makes this country weak. Maybe getting weaker or, or, or the down things about the country, the, the negatives. And, and we've got them, though, but, but we're not going to concentrate on those. And, and it's not just our country, right? It's our state that has some really good things and, and, and some, some weaknesses, too. I mean, we're going to tell the new pastor uh, about how every day is blue and dry and clear and there's no mosquitoes. Won't tell him about the hailstorms flash floods and fires. We have weaknesses and strengths too, and we don't usually go around bragging about our weaknesses. If anything, we kind of take pride in the things we're good at, and given the opportunity, we'll tell other people about them. But that's not what we're going to do today. Not going to do today because of what the Apostle Paul says. It's, it's not what we do when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to our reliance on Jesus, our Savior. Like the Apostle Paul says, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. The, the way God has it arranged is for us to see that there's strength and weakness. Our weakness helps us see God's strength and salvation. And we learn all that in a little section of 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul says this, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And Bible scholars have taken a stab at what that thorn in the flesh might be. It could have been a sickness that Paul was referring to, like malaria. And, and it might have been some other kind of physical ailment or, or a handicap. Maybe it was blindness. Maybe he couldn't see very well. Maybe he had some sort of unsightly something or another on his skin and, and, and he, you know, people didn't like looking at him. And, 
Or maybe it was, you know, mental or emotional. It, it could have been um, just a, a general reference to his enemies. Maybe it was a, a pet sin. We don't know. The Apostle Paul doesn't tell us. He only tells us that it was something that tormented him. It was something that he felt was getting in the way of his service to God. Now, the Apostle Paul wasn't the first follower of God to have a thorn in the flesh, and he's certainly not the last. We have ours. And, may, and maybe they are physical. Maybe it's just the way that we were born. Maybe it was, a, a, you know, a gift, a glaring weakness that we might be able to do this, but we're just terrible at, at these things. And, and maybe it's something mental. And maybe it's an emotional hurdle to overcome. Maybe it's something very, very tragic. Whatever it is, we too may feel this is tormenting me. This is getting in the way of me being a decent follower of God. There's some things I'd like to do. There's some awesome things of God I'd like to believe. But there's this messenger of Satan that's been sent to me, a real thorn in my flesh, and I can't get rid of it. And God won't take it away. And it's getting in the way. It's interesting, right, that the Apostle Paul calls this thorn in the flesh a messenger from Satan. And one of the reasons he does that is to remind us, because we're probably pretty tempted to think, God did this. God caused this evil to happen in my life. God subjected me to this thing that is tormenting me. That's when we need to remember something that God tells us throughout the pages of Scripture, the, specifically the book of James, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. God is perfect, and he gives only perfect gifts. The, the things that we have to deal with in life, that's because of the presence of sin in this world the world, the, the planet is oftentimes described as, as groaning with birth pains. It's, it's not what it should be. And so that's why we do have the, the damaging hail and the, and the devastating fires and floods. And, and that's why we have all the different things in life that do kind of torment us. And, and that's why there's physical handicaps, and that's why there's mental health issues, and that's why there's emotional baggage. Sometimes it's our sins. We live in a sinful world, and we are sinful human beings, and we cause our own thorns. And sometimes it's somebody else that has done something, and it plagues us, and it bothers us, and it gets in the way. And sometimes it's just the way of the world. It's not easy. It's tough. It causes us to see we're weak. And it's important for us to see this is not from God. The presence of sin, our own sinful nature, our wicked society, the, the polluted world, Satan himself, can affect things so that we have to deal with difficulties. 
So the Apostle Paul knew that. It wasn't from God. God did allow it. And God is the one to go to when you need help. And so the Apostle Paul said he pleaded earnestly. Three times he said, Lord, take this thorn in my flesh away from me. And I don't think that was like three little three-second prayers. I think that was maybe an all-day prayer service on his part, pleading to God, calling upon his power to remove something that was difficult, begging for God's mercy so that he could serve the Lord with full gladness and 100% go, go, go. And that's what we need to do whenever we've got something bothering us, whenever we got something tormenting us, and, and, and maybe it's our own pet sins that we can't overcome, or maybe it's somebody else's sin against us that is, is causing us hardship and difficulty and fracturing relationships, or maybe it's, it's something physical. Maybe it's something terrible. We plead with the Lord earnestly three times, 30 times, 3,000 times, and we go, Lord, if it is your will, according to your wisdom, according to your strength, I appeal to your mercy and please fix this, remove this, take it away from me. I want to honor you. I want to serve you. This is getting in the way. Hear my prayer. And sometimes, when we pray that prayer, we'll get this response. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. should back up a little bit and explain what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, you know, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. You may recall that the Apostle Paul was not a friend of Jesus, not for many years. In fact, he stood in approval when people were murdering Christians who were following Jesus. He was zealous for the Jewish faith, and for the Jews, Jesus was an imposter, worse, a blasphemer, a false Messiah. And Paul as devout as he was, as zealous as he was, persecuted Jesus, was on his way to, to find some more names of, of some more people so that more people could be persecuted when God struck him down with a blindness so that he could see the light, so that he could see that Jesus, the true Son of God, the risen and ascended Lord Jesus was the one that he was persecuting. And, and this Jesus of Nazareth that, that Paul thought was a false prophet was true, true Savior, had delivered him even from his sins. And God was now going to, of all the miracles in the world, not only bring him to that realization, but send him to be the world's greatest missionary. And in order to do a good job of that, Paul had to get caught up to speed. And so he gave him a crash course, and he instructed Paul in all the mysteries of God. 
brought him up into the heavens, it seems like, and, and gave him more than the Bible, gave him the very mind of God, and that, that might just make you feel a little bit superior to everybody else. It, it might just make you think, I know more than everybody else. I, I've been given secret revelations by God. And to keep Paul from becoming full of himself, to keep Paul from being not just big-headed, but, but unable to connect with, with people that just needed to hear the simple good news that their sins were forgiven, the Apostle Paul was given a, a, message of, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, and the Apostle Paul realized, okay, now I get it. My grace is, God's grace is sufficient for me. This, this thing isn't going away. Not till I get to heaven and everything and everyone is perfect. I got to deal with this now, and it's actually a good thing for me. There's strength in my weakness, and now I'll boast in Christ. Now, I don't know what thorn in the flesh is a particularly painful one for you. But everybody's got them. In the same way that God gives unique gifts to his people, and some of those gifts can be used quite well in the service of the Lord and the church, God also allows different thorns in our flesh. Are they given to us for the same reason they were given to the Apostle Paul to keep us from being conceited? Pride is a sin that we can all fall easily into. But what, whatever the reason, we don't know the mind of God, whatever the thorn, we can remember. God's grace is sufficient if it doesn't get taken away. Because God's power is made perfect in weakness. Maybe some of you have followed, prayed for, and heard about the little boy that just a month shy of his third birthday passed away. He was the, the son of, of Pastor Noah Bader. Um, I got to know him very well when he was out in Salt Lake City. Then he also took a call to California. We remained tight over all these years. I got to visit little Phineas when he was in intensive care. He fought it. He had cancer. It was too much. His body gave way, and he passed away a couple weeks ago. The funeral was this past Monday. I didn't get a chance to go to the funeral, but I listened to it. And boy, did that pastor, boy, did he nail it. If you listen to it or if you get the chance, he, he, he brought up and not a resurrection text. He, he didn't use a I know that my Redeemer's text. He, he took as his text for that funeral sermon the account of Abraham being asked to go and sacrifice Isaac, his one and only son. And, and he said, how in the world do you bury a child? And, and he kept pointing to Abraham. Like, how in the world do you, you sacrifice your one and only son? And, and, and he brought up the point that when God tested Abraham, it wasn't like a quiz. It was pushing him to his absolute limits to see, I can't do this. 
There's nothing I can do. God has commanded me to do this. And I, and, and I waited so long for this son. And I've been told this son is, is going to be the, the father of, of many nations and the Savior himself will come from this line. And I don't understand this at all. He was driven to completely, utterly despair of himself so that he could look to Christ alone for salvation. And we did that, of course. God, God spared his son. And it just reminds me that sometimes we need that. I'm, I'm not saying we're all so full of pride here. You know, and I, I'm not saying that, that we've got such great gifts that you know, we're kind of conceited. I am saying every single one of us needs to completely, 100% despair of ourselves and come to the conclusion, I'm too weak. I can't do it. I can't save my son or my daughter or my parents from death. I can't save myself. I need God. Only he can deliver me. And his promises are true, and he does. And that's faith. That's the faith that will allow us to do amazing things, difficult things, and not get in the way of our service to God. When it comes to the whole concepts of of, of strength and weakness, you know, we don't like to think about weakness. You, you go to the, the luxury resort, the, the all-inclusive getaway, and you don't really see on the brochures or want to pay attention to all the, the poverty-stricken people that you pass on the way to the resort. You just want to get there and relax and enjoy. When, when somebody goes to court, their, their defense attorney does not say, Judge, Your Honor, my, my case is weak at best. But, but when it comes to God and our relationship with Him, then only the weak survive. Because where we are weak, God is strong. And may we always, only, despair of ourselves and boast in Christ alone as our salvation. Amen. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding